Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Attack. I'm your host Trevor, and I am currently watching Fantasy Flight Games show me all of the Twilight Imperium Prophecy of Kings box. It is amazing. Oh, are you doing the the unboxing right now? Yes, right now while we're recording. I'm your I, host I Josh, not, and I'm a terrible I'm, nerd. I'm not I... going to say much during this recording because I'm watching them. No, 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 no. Yes, yes. Pause it and come back. Uh, I'm, it's live. It's live. Man, if only like Twitch recorded things or. I don't know. What if I want to say, say something snarky in chat? And so, a, I'm super sad to not be in Gen Con. B, uh, I thought the Atomic Mass keynote was great. And C, uh. I feel really bad for the people at Fantasy Flight who like put in a lot of hours of work for their keynote and it just kept crashing. <laughs> and finally they're like, okay, well, we're just going to post it on YouTube tomorrow. So that sucks for them and that makes me sad. But but I am excited that, um, that Twilight Imperium is finally getting an expansion. Um, and so we're all in the demographic of like, I don't know what they could have done to make us not auto buy this expansion, right? But I am curious <laughs> what you guys think of, in particular, the price point of this expansion. It's a, you know, 99.95. Who expansion. cares? I yeah. don't care. I, I will say that I was briefly shocked for about half a second, and then I'm like, yeah, whatever. They could I have mean, put a $300 price tag yeah, on. I still would have bought. See, that's it. where I'm at. Like. Four figures that might have broken. Like, if I had to break out that many Benjamins, then I would have been like, I can't. But yeah, to be you would have been like, this is gonna have to be my Christmas present for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> to to be okay. fair, we're we are in a different demographic than 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 some nerds. We are at a little bit later point in our lives. Yeah, we we are a little bit more financially stable. If I were the 24-year-old me who was just finishing up, you know, whatever, you know, I'm just getting in my life started and saw that price tag, I would have been heartbroken because I would have known that I would have had to charge it to my credit card or write a bum check. <laughs> I would have – and honestly, <laughs> what would have happened is in in that stage in my life, I – like it would have it would have been – I would have had to have gotten someone in my playgroup that I – enjoy playing with to purchase it <laughs> mm -hmm. look we all know the Robinhood app is out there so as long as we're giving terrible life advice just start day trading like crazy people and then <laughs> you'll be able to afford the fantasy freight products no matter what <laughs> i i had please a, don't do that yeah don't do what i would have done at that age i had horrible financial habits it got me into <laughs> a lot of trouble uh but i guarantee you i would have found a way to make it happen like, <laughs> I, I, I would have sold plasma i would have you know I don't know what I would have done, but it would have happened. Uh, so did I already say who I am? Because in case I didn't, I'm Josh. And I just want to go on record that I won't be watching this thing on Twitch because I can never remember my Twitch password and I hate Twitch. So there you go. You don't have to sign in to watch. You only have to sign in to follow and or chat. Mm, all right. I'll consider. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Josh, I have a I have a quick non-gaming related question for you. So... You are uh, married to a, a medical doctor, and, and occasionally uh, she has you do uh, kind of guinea pig life experiments. And so there was a, a while where you were doing intermittent intermittent fasting, and sometimes yes. they were for 
Uh, I, what was your longest period? Four days, five days? Record is five days, yeah. And so has that, um, has that kind of, has that fad kind of left the Wheeler household, or is that still something that you occasionally do? Uh, only very well, not to that level, but I would say like maybe once a quarter we're back on it for just a second, like. We'll do a 48-hour fast or some dumb thing. Well, it also didn't, from what I remember her talking about with it, one of the big benefits of it was supposed to be if you do it like once a quarter, it's supposed to help with like cancer prevention and stuff like that was my understanding. Yeah, I think that's if you do a three-day once a quarter, it's supposed to, um, man, chain attack where you can come for life <laughs> advice from the least qualified individuals on the planet. So I've given you some great investing advice already. So yeah, the health advice is that if you Listen. do a, a three day once a quarter, it's supposed to reset your crap. Mitochondria. I'm going to say mitochondria. Don't fact check. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw this out here, Josh. I feel more comfortable getting medical advice from you than from Dr. Oz. So <laughs> I realize it's a low bar, but. Well, I'm 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 grateful to have literally stumbled over the height of that bar. <laughs> the, the reason why I had uh, been asking was or was kind of curious was um, I'm actually just finishing up a fast myself. It was just like a, a day and a half one. But Brian has um, so at the start of the year he had his gallbladder removed, and basically anytime he eats food, it is literally like Russian roulette for him. Like he can, he can eat something one day, have it be fine, eat it the next day, and it'll just absolutely destroy him if it's the exact same food. And so sometimes when he's, um, so I've been working on losing some of my pandemic pounds and, and hopefully uh, losing even more than my pandemic pounds. <laughs> um, but occasionally he'll he'll eat something and it'll just destroy him. And he's like, well, I'm wrecked anyway. I might as well go on a bender. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh sometimes i'll join him and then i've i've been doing uh fasts after after that usually to get back on track but i should i should just have you text me when you're fasting and see how how uh what that would do for me M the problem with my sweetheart and i is that both of us are inconsistent at the at the wrong times how <laughs> so like, so when me. she's like, I'm going to do two day fasts, you know, every week this month, I'm like, eh, I'm going to put some more chocolate chips in my mouth. <laughs> and then when I might be like, you know what, I really do need to, I like your pandemic pounds. I really need to get your pandemic pounds off. Except for, for me, it's like, I really need to do put a, a lifetime, a lifetime of bad decisions pounds off of me. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, when I'm ready to do that, she's just not like, she's not mentally there. And so it's, 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 it's hard to do without an accountability partner. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe, I mean, right maybe, now, that's just me. maybe other people can change right now, their lifestyle easier than me. What's been working well for me is uh, I'm, I'm doing a food journal and then reporting that each day to Chile. Um, and does he and, berate you if you foul up? Uh, he will encourage me, et cetera, but yes. Oh, okay. So he's <laughs> like Miyagi son. He's not like crud Trevor. What's the Cobra Kai dojo's uh, sensei's <laughs> name? I think it was uh, I, anyway. Are you talking about Johnny or are you talking about the old guy? No, I'm talking about the old guy. Uh, gosh, you put me on the spot. I'm watching. That was, I know that. I'm yeah, I know. Why that Imperium? I'm watching you, Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we get into our main topic, real quick. Uh, it's John Treese for the record. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Check out discountgamesinc.com and check out Muse on Minis. And buy I lots of stuff from us. I need a food John Kreese is what I need. <laughs> if, you, if you're ready for uh, a accountability partner, then I'm your man, Josh. Uh, all right. It okay. sounds like you did check with your wife to see if she's uh, if you two are both in the same phase currently. If she's men mentally there, right? Yeah. I, I should double check that. All right. So we wanted to talk grade Marvel Crisis Protocol today. Um, and... So one year ago at Gen Con, Will Schick took some time on the Fancy Flight keynote and uh, was basically like, hey, we exist, Atomic Mass Games, and we're going to have a Marvel miniatures game, and it is going to release in um, the, the middle of August of 2019. 
And so they just had their one year anniversary of that announcement and they did another big announcement um, related to it. People, since the start of it, people have been like, when can I get X-Men? And so on the anniversary of the launch of the game, uh, they're they're going to finally have X-Men. And so has a lot of people excited. I think it's going to get a lot of people um, who've been kind of waiting for that interested in the game. And so um, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about, uh, talk about the game. So both of you have, have played this game, correct? True. Um, Trevor, you, you actually have some, some quite beautiful minis. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I, I don't think you've, um, I, haven't, I haven't kept up with it. No, I, I have, um, played probably, no, I haven't played at all. Um, I, I try not to leave my house. Um, cause I don't trust other people. That's, that is not new. That's been my entire life, but, um, definitely I don't. But now there's people. even bigger repercussions. Yeah, of... I actually have reasons to not trust them now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have probably a dozen of them painted. Um, I don't think I've actually ever played with my painted so, I played with we other need, people's models before. We ought, to, we ought to rectify that sometime, Trevor. That would probably be true. I actually need to purchase um, probably 10 more models and send them off. And be- uh, I, I can get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my friendly local gaming store um, owner could point me in the right direction. I, you, you have, um, so, one of your one of your favorite characters, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you've been looking forward to being able to do like Guardians of the Galaxy, but in particular Rocket Raccoon, is that correct? That is true. Um, my phone case is Rocket the Raccoon. I have Rocket the Raccoon um, slippers. Um, my uh, background image on my iPad is Rocket the Raccoon. Um, he's only he's my favorite current favorite Marvel character. He's not my favorite comic book character, but certainly within the Marvel universe, he's my favorite. Well, the good news is that I actually like him quite a bit in Crisis Protocol. Yeah, I see him. Um, a lot of people taking him. I, 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 you know, I haven't paid that close attention, but I'm still in all the groups. I'm watching people's list builds, and it seems like he's in a lot of people's lists right now. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. He has pretty good output for being a, a two-point character. Um, so I, I obviously have have, have paid, played a, a fair bit of this game. It's it's one that I enjoy a lot, um, and I, I also do a podcast on the game called recalibration matrix where half of it is us talking about a character and then another half the other half of it is us talking about a a comic book book club that we do for each character um but i'm i guess i'm curious let's let's maybe just talk about what are what are your guys's thoughts on the game what are the things you like what are the things that you maybe don't like or or in between well, I like the I like the minis a ton, honestly. I mean, I, they've done a really good job, like including looking at some of the new releases that are or the upcoming releases. Like they did, they just show Kingpin this morning, which I'm like, oh, Kingpin, I hate you so much, but you're so cool. <laughs> they uh, did show him, yes. Yeah, the minis are awesome. I I found the rules to be. Um, less intimidating than like War Machine, for example which was kind of my first great hope for buying into the game is that I could play it with my um, kids, you know, because War Machine is just, and, and frankly, most minis games, I feel like they, there's a pretty big barrier to entry just in terms of like level of complexity and how intimidating some of the rules can be. Okay. So I enjoy several aspects of the game. I, I agree with Josh that the rules are simple, but the um, complexity level is still there, but you get it from each individual character and the missions. And one of the things I love about the game is that it's not really about um, let's go beat each other up. It is more about a particular scenario. And the scenarios are unique and new and interesting each time because they are um, they're not completely random, um, but they are... They are somewhat random in that each person brings um, their own set of potential options, and it's a combination of each player's set that creates the the whole scenario. Which, and that scenario is critical to the game. If you ignore the scenario, um, you're almost certainly going to lose. And it's almost always about how you fight and how you uh, interact with the scenario elements. And I feel like that that's a great play on the genre. Um, because rarely in comics do you find characters coming 
and fighting for no particular reason. There's always some, and I'm going to call it a MacGuffin because really it is, and that's okay because it's a MacGuffin in this game as well. But there is a MacGuffin. You're fighting over a MacGuffin, and it needs to be there. For yeah, so it'll have names like the Struggle for the Cube or mm, MacGuffin, so delicious. I don't. I I like MacGuffins. I think they're they're they are important. Um, you know, and obviously they don't need to be perfectly thought out, especially in a minis game, because it is not necessarily exactly about the MacGuffin. It's the fight over the MacGuffin that's important. I think it does all of that really well. The flavor of each character makes them feel unique and makes them feel like the character from the comics without... Um, it does also does a really good job of balance. I mean, certainly um, Rocket Raccoon, for example, um, my favorite character, is not going to hold a candle to, to Captain Marvel, for example. Um, they're just the power differences um, in the comics are so far apart that they don't normally meet um, as opposition because it's just not... It's not some, they would have to have some other plot point going along that would allow um, Rocket to be able to compete, you know, some sort of witty thing. On the game table, that makes it really hard to balance. But they do a good job of showing that, of making them both relevant, but not making the really powerful one feel like it's overpowered. I think they do a great job of that. I, I too, love the minis, although admittedly I haven't had to put any of them together. And I've seen the pieces. They look a little bit nightmarish to have to actually put together. Um but my, I do have some complaints about the game. One is the proprietary dice. I don't, I don't care for it. But I do. Will you feel say, about proprietary dice the way you do about card games? No, I actually <laughs> don't like to play them. Oh, you although don't in this, to hate them and play them all the time. In, in this case, I I do play it and I put up with it. And I think that of the proprietary dice dice games I've played, this one's better implemented than most. I would say it's similar in proprietary dice levels to say like X-wing, like those they feel pretty easy to understand and to and to play with, and the different symbols are easy to recognize and they do fairly understandable things. I mean they do a pretty good job, but I think that it could have been done a little bit better without proprietary dice. But that's that's a pretty minor quibble honestly, even for me. So um, honestly, I, I do think that it's it's been quite impressive. I think that it does a really good job of doing the really small squad-based game. It, it did a good job of, of um, list composition. Like, I like the idea of bring 10 characters and then assemble a list from those 10 characters after you know kind of what your opponent brought and what the scenario. Yeah, so one of the things I'll, I'll touch on is basically a continuation of what Trevor said. One of the things I really love about the game is basically the roster system where you come to, at the start of the game, before you... Uh, meet your opponent you basically create your roster and you're going to have 10 characters eight team tactics cards which are basically action cards and the the scenarios are have two halves they have a secure half and an extract half and you're going to bring uh, three secure scenario cards and three extract scenario cards and when you get together to play you'll roll to see who goes first and the person who has priority will say you know i'm going to pick secure or i'm going to pick extract and the other person will take the other half and you'll shuffle your three cards, remove one randomly, and then of the remaining two, you will secretly pick one. You'll reveal simultaneously. And then um, that is those two halves are going to construct the scenario that you're fighting over. And so um, it, as, as someone who has a lot of spent a lot of time in miniature gaming doing, um, playing Steamroller in War Machine, um, there's a lot of different scenario permutations that you can be playing uh, out of this system, and so it, it changes up things quite a bit. And there's also there's a lot of strategy that you can put into, uh, you know, creating what characters you're going to play, what scenarios you want to play with those characters, uh, what team tactic cards go well with it, and and. I think that one of the things that helps with a successful um, miniatures game is generally the amount of time that you get to play a miniatures game is um, less than the amount of time that you spend thinking about a miniatures game. And so I, I think that it's good design if it is exciting <laughs> or interesting for you to spend a lot of time thinking about the game uh, when you're not playing it or preparing to play or et cetera. And, 
one of the common complaints about War Machine in Mark III was that they were like, man, in Mark II, I just really love spending a bunch of time at work <laughs> on thinking about uh, different lists that I could play. And and now it feels like a lot of my lists are kind of made for me. Um, and so that's an example of something that I think that I think was probably an unintended consequence of um, some design choices. And so that's that's one thing that um, I just that system in general um, feels to me a lot like, um, you know, if, if you look at kind of the, the progression of some design philosophies of, of different miniature games, et cetera, it feels like that system is, is a pretty big step forward in design philosophy for miniatures games in general. Um, what is, is there anything else that thoughts that you guys had? I, 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 I have lots of other things, but I don't want to. Well, I want to say one mic. thing because you did ask me about like, uh, things I didn't like, I think. Uh-huh, yeah. And and the one thing for me that was, and this is, I think, really just my own expectations kind of set me up for the disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like when I went into it, I thought based on the number of characters that you normally are playing, right, that it that it would be a quicker game than yeah, uh-huh. my usual games of War Machine, right? And so were, far for me, were, were it, you it kind of hoping been, around thirty to forty-five minutes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I guess even an hour would be okay. But um, I, and and this, this could just be because I again I've only played a few times. Uh, you know, Jay has a lot more experience than me, but um, I just have not found it to be that much faster than a game with a lot more. I would yeah, and, I would say uh, that my average game is is somewhere between sixty to ninety minutes. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I, I, my experience has always been closer to the 90 minutes than the 60, but I would say that this is, that had it been 45 minutes, I would have been disappointed. I think that that's too short for a mentor's game that I'm going to play on a regular basis. To me, that feels a little too light, and I understand why that's important to you and why it would have felt right up your alley, but for me, that would have been too short. Well, part of my issue is I don't, I just don't feel like there is a minis game that sits in that niche. Um, he'd probably be looking at something somebody like might say right Warhammer Underworlds or something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, the, there are games out there, but the, the, the problem is, is that, and maybe you're not, the reason you're not feeling it is because you're wanting the meat of an hour and a half yeah. game in 30 or 40 minutes, and that doesn't exist. I will admit mm. that. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's like the board game world's constant quest for a 4x civilization game in under an hour, right? But we right. found yeah. those. Those yeah. exist. What? What? what what's one? Golden I mean, under, Empire. Yeah, but the, well, yeah. I, okay, we can play it that fast. I guess that's. Fine. Uh, it's still much faster than most of the other forex games out there. I'm just saying that I still think that it's a possibility. I just don't think that design, game designers have quite no right. one's come up, it down yet. No one's no one's come up with a magic formula yet. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. So, two things I wanted to throw out there real quick. One was to I guess just again. Um, expound on something Trevor said. So it does use proprietary dice. And one of the, basically when you do an attack, you're rolling dice and four of the sides of the dice are successes as an attacker. And as a defender, three of the sides of the dice are a success as a defender. Then you tend to usually have more attack dice as an attacker than a defender. So there is, you know, actual movement um, as far as like your attacks are effective, etc. Um, but, the dice do have a, a crit on them, and if you roll the crit in your initial die roll, that means that you get to roll one additional die for each crit. And so the if, if you compare this game to, uh, again, War Machine, which uh, is the other miniatures game I've had a lot of experience with, it is a lot more swingy. There's a lot more variation in the dice than, than rolling 2d6 and boosting, etc. So that's just something to be aware of going into it. I, I think it does work well in this genre because, you know, it gives you some of those uh, heroic moments where the stand character... up and cheer kind of moments. Yeah. Where like rocket raccoon does the well-placed shot between Thanos's eye and just does a ton of damage to him. And so, well, and it, it, it limits it a little bit. Um, I, I don't want to get too deep into anecdotes, but during a D six star Wars um, campaign when I was younger, somebody killed a um, large capital ship with an X-Wing because the exploding die just kept exploding. So in this particular case, the exploding dice only happen on the initial roll. Right, yes. Yeah. And you can't, the, those dice cannot re-explode. 
Right. So there is a, a sort of a limit to the yes. craziness. Yes, there is. That's true. Um, two other things that I, I guess three other things <laughs> uh, real quick to talk about. The first one. So I think this is another um, great design philosophy that they've done. So you can in this game, um, you if, if I if my character attacks Trevor and I do five points of damage, then character then Trevor's character gets five damage, but he also gets five power. And as you take more damage, that is powering you up to be able to, you know, do awesome things on the counterattack. And so um, I think that that's a, a fun design philosophy where you are uh, as it, it has a little bit of a catch up mechanic going on. Um, but it also just kind of enables you to do cool things with your characters as you're playing. It also feels like it's a kind of an important resource to manage correctly. Yes. Like if you don't manage the power correctly, if you don't, if you do not take the opportunity to gain the power where you need it so that it's available on the next turn to be able to do something, um, it can, that can be the difference between winning and losing. In my opinion, it's very important to know when to take an attack and be like, I'm just going to take that. I'm going to take all that damage. I'm going to use that power because I need it next turn. And there's also a lot of times where you may be making decisions about who you're going to activate or what attacks you're going to do or, or who you're going to attack. And if you start your activation, you're like, well, I could go for this one character, but it's probably just going to add some damage to him and not daze him or knock him out. And then I'm just going to be like kind of powering him, him up to just devastate me on the counterattack. It, it leads to some interesting tactical decisions as well. Um, but that does, I, I just mentioned another, the other thing that I think is, is important with this game. Um, and that's kind of their, their system of being dazed and knocked out. So the cards have two sides on your healthy side. Um, you'll have say five or six hit points. And when you take that amount of damage, you'll become dazed. And when you're dazed, basically they, your opponent can't do anything more to you. And, and at the end of the round, when you're dazed, you your damage gets removed and your card is flipped over to your injured side and then you have again another pool of hit points and when that amount of hit points is is filled up um, it is then uh, you're you're knocked out and then you're removed from the table at that point but part of why this is really important is i've, I've played some other this this game is also a, a you go i go game where i'll do an activation then you do an activation and in some of the other games I've played with like that, it becomes really important for you to basically try to snipe out enemy characters before they have a chance to activate in a round and remove them from the table, hopefully. Um, and so this system where, yes, I can, I can attack you and I can, you know, and, and there still can be a lot of value in trying to daze a character before they get an, an, an action that round. But I'm not going to be when when someone's healthy. I'm not going to be. I, it's impossible for me to just remove that character from the the table because the uh, game mechanics just don't allow it. And it it helps balance the game quite a bit more, in my opinion. But it also um, makes it a lot more fun because you know, no one wants to you know be like, oh cool, I've got my Captain America here in the middle of the table, and my opponent rolled really well, and he's just gone before I really get to do anything cool with him. Um, and so that's another part of the design philosophy behind the game that I, I think that they did a really good job and, and made some smart decisions with. I, I, that's one of my aspects about you go, I go individual activations, things that I, I dislike. And, and it does exist here. It does um, still. Yes. Yeah. It, it I mean, can you can still big swing. So basically jockeying yourself for position to try to have, priority at the start of a round is, is something that can be uh, an, an important aspect of the strategy of the game at times. So that, that does still exist because if, if for example, I, I managed to um, daze a character and then the next round, if I try to get first action the next round, then it, then it is going to be possible potentially for me to uh, remove a character with that character, not doing a lot of stuff, but it's, it does, make it a little bit less uh, bad as, as some other games. And it also, there's a little bit more play and counterplay that you can do in, in having those interactions. 
I agree. It feels like if you're doing it correctly, unless something radical happens with the dice, you generally can kind of foresee it and know that it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, you kind of have, you can kind of plan around it. In fact, a lot of times the, you know, and this happens in other games too, but it feels like it's a little bit more predictable here where you have a character who's on the verge of being uh, dazed or knocked out and you're going to uh, do everything in your po- in your capability to give them an opportunity to act before that happens. Um, the other thing I'll mention that you you sort of skipped over a little bit is that the, the two sides to the card on the vast majority of characters are identical, but there are a few characters who gain or lose yes, um, some abilities true. or stats as they become uh, more beat up um, or as they lose you know some of their health. They can't. The, the the two sides of the card makes an interesting design choice for Atomic Mass games as to is this the type of character who, as they get closer to death, becomes harder to kill, or is this the type of character that runs out of steam, or is this just a, you know the character that's the same no matter what? Which is truthfully, most of them are that way. Yeah. So some some cool examples of that in in just the core box is Captain America when he goes on to his injured side, he gains some defensive abilities that make him quite a bit more difficult to kill. And Red Skull, when he goes onto his injured side, um, he's he's losing control of the cosmic cube, and it becomes a lot more dangerous for him to use his superpowers that are associated with the cosmic cube. And so, um, I also think it's really cool that you know they, and and I guess this this leads into I guess maybe the final thing that I wanted to say about it before. Uh, at least that I want to say before we went into grading is that one of the things that this game kind of opened my eyes to me about, or became more self-aware of myself is that um, I think that I had told myself that the theme didn't end up being of that important of a aspect of gaming to me or, or miniature gaming. And part of that was just because um, I think with war machine, I initially started it because um it was an item that I was selling and I want to learn something I was selling. And like, I, I guess I didn't really realize how much I actually liked how the models looked or liked the setting or, or stuff like that. Um, but I've had lots of people, you know, try to get me into various miniatures games. And, and in general, I have a high, a really high barrier of entry into miniatures games. Um, and also part of it is that just in general, I've, I've come to learn that the theme is something that has to be, is that's really important to me for miniatures games. Um, and so I love the, the MCU movies and I, I think that, you know, being able to play with my little uh, miniatures of, of Marvel superheroes is, is super fun. Something that I get uh, like if it was, if it was just um, little pogs on the table or if it was things that didn't have, any association with an intellectual property that I love, I wouldn't love this game nearly as much as I do. But when I see design choices that are like, oh, you know, Red Skull, when he's on his injured side, is losing control of the Cosmic Cube, it's just really, really cool for me, and it makes me like the game, or playing the game that much more. And, and you know, going into this, I don't think that I knew that about myself. So <laughs> I guess it was kind of an interesting moment of self-realization. Uh, I have known ever since the uh, files on the back of the G.I. Joes, the cards that told them about their history, that I love theme. (laughs) 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 Like that is one of the things that always sold me on G.I. Joes was that the card told you, you know, their 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 name, their normal name, how they got into the whatever role they are and just like their things about their their attributes. And really, they were selling to me theme into a you know, three inch tall plastic figure. And I bought every, you know, bit of it. And, um, you know, these are things that, you know, as I grew older and the, and I started reading X-Men comics and the nineties X-Men, um, cartoon came along and, you know, just cause I'm worth X-Men are on my mind. Cause they just announced all these characters. Like when that stuff comes through, I can only, I, I, I immediately flash back to, you know, 10 year old me, wanting you know to move wolverine across the table and be like oh oh dark helmet i love you so much you know those things all of a sudden are just they're super important to me. one other thing i'll i'll say real quick is that i um 
so I am friends with 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 some of the designers of this game, and so I I, uh, I, I did some of the playtesting of it. Um, I know a little bit uh, behind the curtain on some stuff, and and one of the things that's exciting to me is that you know they Dallas and and some of the team they feel like you know they're they're always wanting to push themselves on getting better on the miniatures and that as they're you know they 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 knew the things that they knew from the the previous places that they were employed but you know now they're working in making a lot of hard plastic items and and that's they're learning some new things with that and it feels like they are um kind of hitting their stride with with doing that and you know i'm not going to say that any of the models at launch were um were bad by any means but i i feel like some of the X-Men things that they're coming out with or some of the newer models, I, I think that they're, it, it shows that they have been pushing themselves with, with learning this medium and, and trying to make the best models that they can. And so that's, that's something that's pretty exciting for me as well. Level with me, Jay, how cool are the Ant-Man minis? So we've only seen previews of them, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty excited, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another another cool thing that they're doing with the X-Men ones is that you're going to have extra bits so that like you can have Beast holding a book or not holding a book, or you can have uh, Cyclops and Wolverine either with their mask or with their hair on. And, and so you know, having some customizability options like that is, I think is pretty cool as well. Uh, I just want to say that over the last three or four days, they have announced... Uh, I just a massive number of new characters to the game. Um, and it's sort of blown me away. You know, I, they've, they've been at a pretty reasonable pace for the last year at character releases, uh, a little bit faster than I expected. Um, and then over, like I said, over the last three days, there's just been a, a deluge of just new stuff. Yeah. Right? They, or so they, expected. they announced eight, they, they previewed eight X-Men minis and there's, there's going to be, more X-Men coming out um, a little bit farther down the road. And then they have eight other characters that, that they've been previewing stuff like Daredevil and Kingpin and Bullseye, et cetera. And, and Master Punisher. I mean, these are yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty uh, important characters in the Marvel universe. And, and real quick one, I guess one other story about their care about the, the quality of the product is one of the, so <laughs> One of the very early SKUs of the game, CP10, is for a long time we didn't know what it was, and it was just like this gap in in the SKUs. And eventually we found out that it was Miles Morales and Spider Gwen, and it was they were initially intended to be an early release of the game, and they just felt like the quality of the assembly of the models and and how they were looking wasn't up to their standards, and so they basically redid the the sprues for those boxes and it's they're just now we're going to release in august and you know they're expected to release months and months ago and so um i guess hats off and kudos to atomic mass for being willing to uh basically be like you know what we're we're not going to release this product until we feel like it's to the quality level that we think is acceptable um okay so Let's go ahead and move in to grading uh, this this game. And so I'm, I'm I'm curious how this is going to go because I'm just going to be like this gushing fanboy that's you know grading everything's high, and I'm I'm curious to see how uh, what you guys end up grading up. <laughs> I'm just going to say before we get started that I have a pretty uh, high expectation for miniatures games, and I almost always get disappointed. So I have a lot of disappointments in, in my gaming career with miniatures games. So while I may, what may sound like is harsh judgment coming out of my mouth for this game, it's actually going to be glowing praise. So let's continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, so design. So I, I let me just say that this is better designed than 99% of the miniatures games out there. I'm going to start with that. And then I'm going to say that I still have some issues with the game. Um, it feels like... There are some missing aspects of uh, superheroes that sort of missing that has been simplified, probably for the betterment of the game, to be fair. Uh, but it does. If you're expecting 
you know, I'm going to be flying uh, over buildings and I'm going to, you know, do all of these things that I see in the comics. Some of that is simplified to the point where you, you got to sort of suspend your disbelief a little bit on some of that stuff. Um, I don't care for the proprietary dice. Um, and there are some aspects of the way that the damage is heavily favored as opposed to defense that can be frustrating sometimes, even when you're playing a character that is nigh invincible in the comics and they're getting their butt handed to them on the table. Um, those aspects can be a little frustrating sometimes. I've seen uh, an example is Hulk in the comics. The more you beat him up, the stronger he gets generally. And usually to beat him involves something special in the tabletop game he only he, does, he can't be stunned he's only got one side he's got 20 hit points and if you focus fire him he goes down quickly those are some things that i'm glad they're in the game because they make the game a little bit better but they're also like okay well that sort of doesn't feel like the comic book experience that i wanted all that said i'm still going to give it an eight i think the design is really well done uh one thing i'll say trevor is is i think that your point that um I, I think that in this type of game, it's 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 kind of just really difficult to do a, a really good defensive character because a game kind of loses its fun if you're just like attacking someone and and it's, it's just a stalemate between two sides and you're just sitting there staring at each other, rolling dice at each other, and nothing's happening, right? And um, so on the one hand, you have that, but on the other hand, you, you do still want to try to want to evoke the the feeling of these defensive-minded characters, and so it's. That's that's something that's really tough to unlock. I agree. I think that maybe it could have been done with something like weaknesses. You know, you can't really do much to this character, but if you bring the right attack or you attack them from the right way or in, you know, for example, um, psychic attacks on Hulk would be, you know, would do significant amount. That would that would maybe bring it in a little bit more than it currently does. Mm -hmm. And certainly they have a little bit of that. It, they do have um, three different defensive stats. And and there's certainly they're better at defending against one type or the other, but it just the game heavily favors attacks um, because of the things you mentioned with the dice and because generally you can build these huge dice pools and to build a huge dice pool defensively is is nigh impossible honestly um, and and again it's it's they did that as a design choice they wanted the game to move quickly and it's probably a good thing but it's something that I lament a little bit. Josh, what are your thoughts? So I give lots of points for the minis. Like I said, I think they're super well done. Um, I found the game to be mostly uncomplicated. Um, it does kind of feel like if you're a gamer or if you're a miniatures gamer, that a lot of the things that you're doing are, are pretty intuitive. Right. Sometimes uh, the, the line of sight and the building cover is a little yeah. unintuitive, but it's... It's not bad once you've figured it out. I, it's pretty. It's once you understand it, it is easy. At the yeah, table. I was gonna say if you asked me a question about it right now, I couldn't. I couldn't explain it. Probably. It's not easy to explain without <laughs> having to look up. Um. Yeah, and then again, I, I, I'm afraid that a lot of my ratings on today's episode are gonna be uh, tainted by my expectations, right? Which were fair or unfair, just exist. Um. But I think, I think my number is like a six. Like it, it's above average. It's not. It doesn't. It, it just didn't totally wow me. Other than I think the minis are cool. And yeah, I'm like my co-host. I'm a total comic book geek. And I'm like, yeah, put some of that on my game table. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go with a ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, I will say that. So. As I said before, I think that there's a lot of really smart design choices that they've made that are moving miniature design philosophy forward. Um, and and it also so this is this is the only game in the pandemic that I'm currently playing. And I I meet with one friend uh, once a week. We're you know in the basement wearing our masks and. Um, and it says something, I guess, that this is the only game that I've kind of sought out to to do that with right now. So I, I guess that may, may maybe is a little bit measure of the fun factor or something. I don't know, but there there is a lot of the design about this game that I like. And if I try to think about, you know, what if if I was like the armchair game designer 
part of the reason how I got to this 10 was I, I tried thinking, you know, what would, what are the big things about this game that I would consider changing if, if I was, you know, game designer for a day and, and really at, at this time, I can't really think of anything that, that I would do. So, all right. So next category, time, time management. You can go first, Josh. Okay, fine. I'll just go ahead and give my score, which is like... Are, are you a four? Three? No, I, th- I think it's fair five? to give it a five because I think it's average for a minis game, right? Like, sure, yeah. Yeah. again, my expectation was, hey, somebody give me something with less of a time commitment required to have all that good, good fun. On the bright side, <laughs> I, I, will, I will agree that a lot of people um, go into a kind of a, a skirmish level game with the expectation that it's going to uh, kind of shorten the the time that the, the game takes, right? Right. Uh, but at least there are some games um, where, like what I'm thinking of is Guild Ball, and maybe this is unfair to say, but Guild Ball feels like it's a you know skirmish base game that can take longer than uh, bigger model count games, which feels kind of egregious to me but <laughs> that essentially be my inexperience with that game in particular so mm, i mean none of us are really experienced with it but i i mean i played enough of it that it feels like you're right that it's more of a kind of a 75 to an hour and a half to you know or two i mean uh, to two hours you know it's it really doesn't it's 20 to 30 minutes or more longer than this game yeah so Trevor, I'm assuming this is kind of right in about the wheelhouse of where you were, where you want this game to be at. Yes, um, actually, this is. I mean, this kind of hits the sweet spot for me. So I'm not a huge fan of the really short skirmish games, the 30, 45 minute. It feels like I'm wanting a little bit more. And I guess maybe it's part of the problem is, is when I cut my teeth, we would spend Saturdays. Like we're gonna play 40k on Saturday. You know, back when. We were playing second edition 40k and I knew in, I went into it knowing that I was going to be playing a four to five hour game. And in some cases more like six, seven, eight, because you'd get, you know, carried away and start getting into arguments in the rules. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> we're, we're talking almost 30 years ago at this point, but that's kind of where I came from. And when I first got introduced to war machine, I'm like, Holy crap, we can finish this game in three hours. What? And it blew me away. And then as I got more experience with it, I'm like, wow, why would anyone take three hours to finish this game? You know, and now I'm to that point where if the game is taking longer than two hours, I'm checking my watch and wondering why, you know, if I'm ever going to want to play against this opponent ever again. So, um, yeah, it's it's in the right sweet spot for me, which I think is probably an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and 45 minutes. And it's, I mean, it's dead center right in between that. So um, I also think that it's, there's, because of the alternating activations, because of um, all the things going on, you never really feel like you have a lot of downtime where you watch your opponent play. I'm yeah. generally not a, not a fan of that game type of the alternating uh, activations um, because of some of the issues it has. But the bonus side and the plus side, and the reason why they chose that design was because you're not sitting and watching. You're generally worried about your next activation, and then it's quickly usually your turn. You take your activation, and then it's your opponent's turn, back and forth. You're always actively engaged. So I, I think it does a really good job. I, again, I'm going to give it a pretty good score here. Can it get better? Maybe. Um, but I still think this is probably a 9 in time management. I think this is, as far as Minger's games go, it's got the right number of models for me. It's got the right number of activations. It's interesting. It's dynamic. Um, I'm going to go with a 9 as well. One of the things that I like about the game is that if you and your opponent are you know pretty locked in on things it's i don't consider it very difficult to um to succeed in getting two games in in a game night which um i th- i think is a, a pretty good time management metric for for this type of game so i will say that the one the reason why i wouldn't give it a 10 is because it feels like setup um, and scenario selection, all that, just everything at the beginning feels mm. like it takes it. I mean, I understand what it does for the game, but it, gosh, it feels like it takes too long. Let's get going already. Let's roll some dice. All right. So repeatability. Yes. Repeatability. Uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts on this? 
Um, there's lots of different characters. There's lots of different ways you can play them. You can take the same 10-character list and play it differently the next time because it's going to be built with a different points level because the points level is determined by the scenario cards. Um, I feel like that there is this game has tons of repeatability built in because of the design. So for me, um, that's a pretty good... It sits in a really good spot for a miniatures game. Um, if a miniatures game doesn't have some level of repeatability, it's failed massively because you are investing a lot of time and effort to buy and assemble and paint or pay someone else to do that stuff. Like it better have some repeatability or it's failed. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, and obviously, the repeatability for me is going to be high because, as I said, it's it is the game that um, I'm currently seeking out to actively repeat so um and and also like there's you can you can make so many different roster decisions you can have so many different experiences with the different scenario combinations um i i feel like the the repeatability is fantastic uh and will again earn a 10 from jay i feel like the repeatability is directly related to the size of your wallet (laughs) (laughs) because Uh, that's All of fair, that actually. stuff that you're talking about is going to happen if you, you know, keep adding characters to your roster and stuff. Like, and and like the truth is, I'm still the guy that's basically the starter box plus Hulk, I think. And and it just well, for me, I just was like, oh, I'm not playing this. I'm not, you know. Right. That is that is more like if if I were to like uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I guess you're Josh, but if if I like managed to be like, okay, Josh, I want to do a once a week game with you, um, and you know we'll we'll play each other, get our game in. Um, at that point, I'm assuming the purchases would probably flow. Uh, but if it's a game you're not playing, you know, there's you're you're not really a collector per se, and so what's what's the point in keeping up with it? Yeah. Yeah, I think you've described it very accurately. And again, as the purchases started to flow, yeah, like my enjoyment, uh, my desire to repeat would increase, right? One one thing I I will say is that I do think that, and this is I guess is a little riff off of what Josh is saying. Um, I don't. So I'm someone who owns every miniature in the line, but I think that they've been smart in how they've designed the game where you don't have to be that way if you don't want to. Um, there's there's enough going on. That, like, if you're like, you know, I really like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to buy those characters. Uh, you can do that. And then when, you know, the next af- affiliation that, that you think is really cool, uh, you can just buy them. And and it's going to still add a, a ton of uh, variability into your game. So I do agree with that assessment, 100%. Uh, so what is, what is your guys' uh, repeatability numbers? I think my repeatability is a five. It just feels average again. Uh, yeah. But again, if you were spending more money, I would expect that score to go up. Uh, I'm gonna just going to give it a seven. Um, I'm going to grade it on the harsh level that I have for most miniatures games. I feel like this is the type of game that um, it's... I, I want to say that it's my current miniatures game, but I haven't played a game in six months um, because of everything going on, I guess. But I don't have... There's nothing else. If... I were to go out tomorrow and play a miniatures game, this would be it. I don't. There's not any others right now that are first and foremost on my my palette. So, um, but I can see how. Uh, I don't know that this would be a long, long term game for me. I mean, I played War Machine for um, 13 years essentially. I don't see this game doing that for me, but I do see this being like a five, six, maybe seven year game. That's pretty good for me. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's why I'm saying the seven, seven, maybe eight range. I, it seems pretty replayable. And I am the type that's not willing to, when I see a new character, I want to try it out. And this game gives you the perfect opportunity to plug one character in, try it. And, and because of the way the game works, you don't have to worry quite as much about, um, list composition or, you know, every character is available for my force. Cause there's not, it's not like the space Marines or Tyranids, you know, every character that comes out is something I can play in my force. That's a pretty cool game design decision. Everyone's just as excited as the new, about the new release. All right, so next we have fun. Fun. Uh, I'll go first. I mean, since I know I'll be the Debbie Downer a little bit, but <laughs> but the games of this I have played have been quite fun. Um, like I said, 
that there was a pretty sizable gap in between games for me. And so I felt like I was able to pick things back up pretty easily and get, you know, into the flavor and everything again. So it's definitely higher than average. So for me, the fun is a, is a seven. Also, one of your experiences were you, you kind of had a demo where you didn't have the most amazing experience with the demo. And then that's went true. To, went so. to your home meta in Denver and played versus someone who's a lot of fun and had a lot better experience. If I'm uh, remembering the, the this is an events. accurate. Yes. Recollection of the tale. Yeah. So sometimes having like a bad starting off on a bad foot can also hurt things a little bit. So unlike Josh, when I start off on a bad foot, it actually encourages me. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's a Lovecraft game, that's what happens to me. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I I don't enjoy being beat down, but for whatever reason, it 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 riles me to try to elevate my game. Um, and so generally, I I'm more likely to return to a game if I get beat down in the first game than if I win. Um, these guys know quite well that if I win, generally I'll walk away from the table and say, I'm done. I've got a perfect record. Oh, um, same magnate. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this game is pretty fun. I would, I would say that, um, the theme helps immensely. Like if you want to relive your favorite Marvel characters and you make the decisions for them, this is right up your alley. And if that doesn't sound like something is interesting to you, then it's probably not. But for me, that is, that's interesting. So um, I find it fun and I find the idea of trying to put together a composition. I, I, I will admit that anytime I've sat down and put together a composition, the fluff behind it is always sort of in the back of my mind. I'm like, would these guys actually hang out together? And if no, I'm like, yeah, I can't really put them in the list together. You know, and I know that's not going to be the case for everyone, but for me, it's something always kind of in the back of my mind. But um, anyway, I, I think the game is quite fun. It's a good miniatures game. Um, I think that there's certainly some things that could make it a little bit more cinematic and fun for me. Um, the ta- the tactics of the game are uh, excellent. I think that some of the theme could be just a little bit better. So I'm going to dock it just a little bit for that. I'm going to give it a 7, which is probably a little bit of a cop-out. A little bit, but whatever. It's, it's fine. Jay, are you 10? Obviously. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. <laughs> all 10 all the time. I did I did manage to not give a 10 on one of them. I know, but that was just to like give plausible deniability so that you look yeah. reasonable. Sure. <laughs> I'm an unbiased, impartial judge here. <laughs> totally. Totally, yeah. Uh, overall. So, overall. Uh, so I'm going to be, I guess, slightly kinder here because... Again, I'm probably maybe I'm I'm not as big as a Marvel fanboy as the rest of my co-hosts, but only by like you know a curled arm a curled arm hair. I don't think that's true. I think you're way bigger than you admit. Are there any MCU movies you have not seen yet, Josh? Uh, no. I mean, I'm I'm in the middle of watching them on repeat, which for we all know for me is some kind of miracle. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) <laughs> I'm guessing that you've read more Marvel comics than J.R.I. Maybe not Jay anymore since he's been doing some reading. But... Yeah, because of recognition issue. Okay, all right. So I'm up there with my with my compatriots. Anyway, that fanboyism uh, let it makes me. Put it's the doing some work. To, yeah, it lets me put the overall to a six. It's above average. Trevor. Um, this is a game that I would consider playing more than one year in a row, which uh, on the minis game scale puts it below War Machine, but above everything else. Um, I played War Machine for 13 years. I played, technically I played 40K longer than that, but truthfully it was mostly just hate um, and buying models. It wasn't actually playing the game. Um, So, uh, you know, and and the games I did play were so few and far between. We would get together, you know, maybe once a quarter. I mean, War Machine, I was, there was a point where I was playing four games a week. Um, so I don't ever see myself getting to four games a week with uh, Crisis Protocol, but one a game, one game a week is certainly well within the realm of what I would do, and uh, probably likely once all of the pandemic is you know said and done, hopefully. Um, although I keep telling my wife that this is the new normal, um, but uh, I, I think that it's a great game as far as minis games go. It is 
uh, head and shoulders above many of the others. I put it on a similar scale to, uh, for me, what X-Wing was at its height as far as um, being fun and interesting. And it's far more balanced than that ever was. So um, that's that's pretty high praise for me. Okay, well, uh, obviously this gets an easy 10 for me. It's <laughs> 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 all I do is give out 10s. Points for consistency. So the audience... I think you need to be a miniatures gamer or at least have a really massive amount of Marvel fandom to, to work your way into the, the genre. Cause it is, there is some, there is a little bit of a, a barrier to entry for yeah. all miniatures games, not just this one. They're all, yes. there's some learning curve about how to assemble models and painting and, and just and the, why would you? Ver, yeah, the vernacular and the cost. I mean, this is one of the cheaper ones out there, and it's still you're talking a, some pretty reasonable investment to the point where, you know, if you're not a, a teen without other bills or you're not a, a little bit financially stable, um, I think that for the you know the young couple sort of person, um, they may not be able to afford this. Uh, so. Yeah, if you're not willing to invest some money and time and effort into getting involved, and especially if you don't know what that means because you haven't been involved in a miniatures game before, um, I would just proceed tell you to proceed with caution a little bit. Well said. One one thing that's interesting um, in my conversations with some of the Atomic Mass guys is that this has been an entry point for a fair number of people into uh, miniature gaming, and because uh, they're 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 Marvel fans and they're like correct yeah this is right. the first minis game for me yeah yeah and so and most of them um they haven't had uh many complaints from those people as far as like assembling models etc because they don't have a point of reference uh most of the assembly complaints <laughs> have come from veterans who are like why why are there why am like, I WTF why does this have a separate finger? yeah why why are there elbow pads <laughs> that I'm moving on so. <laughs> to be fair so a lot of modelers don't come into into uh, i came into mo into miniatures games from modeling from right. scale modeling right and i didn't do that a ton but i did it quite a bit more than the average person as a kid and so when i came in it was like the first miniature i ever pulled out 40k miniature it was one piece i literally had to wash it and glue it into the base and there was a couple that were like glue on the single arm or whatever. It blew my mind that I wasn't putting headers on the motor and putting the tires onto the outside of the wheels and have, you know, just the idea that, that there was basically only a few pieces as compared to a scale model. It, I mean, there's like, well, I did, my point is, is that there is the other end of the spectrum where people are like, why doesn't this have more pieces? Uh, so go or no go. Um, what, what, what do my co-hosts say? Is it going to be a split decision? I feel like it's going to be a split decision. Really, Josh? That blows me away. <laughs> like, look, I'm afraid the pandemic might be influencing my score. That's fair. Like, I just... The truth is, you could ask me that about a lot of games these days, and I would probably surprise you, I think. And it's because I'm, like, exhausted in general. Yeah. So it's maybe not fair to ask me what my go or no go is right now. But right now, it would be no go. Well... Okay, so is that a, is that a, I guess out of I'm 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 curious real quick, Josh. Like, so if if I, I realize that you are not going to like go out beating the streets, finding to trying to find an opponent of this game, but uh, if I approach you and was like, Josh, I really want to start playing some Crisis Protocol with you, would you be like, eh, let's figure out something else, or would you be like, sure, let's 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 do that? I would probably lean more towards choice A right now. Okay. Uh, that's interesting to me. Um, <laughs> I can see that, and I, I too feel a little bit of social uh, fatigue. I think everybody is right now. I'm just tired of putting up with everybody else's crap uh, remotely. And but I, I, I'm definitely a go on this. I think that if things went back to normal today, um, the next game night at my local gaming store i would be there playing this game um truthfully uh we don't know enough about the i don't want to get into the pandemic politics i guess or the not even politics the science of it but there i have still have way too many concerns about lasting medical problems and mm. as a single income family 
I like that weighs heavily on me anytime I go anywhere or do anything. I, I can't imagine my wife trying to get by without me. So um, anyway, that's yeah. way off topic. But we, we've we've been pretty conservative as well, because, uh, as I said earlier in the podcast, Brian's health has been quite bad the last couple of years. And, and at one point he said to me, like, you know, I just don't know that I can survive <laughs> getting through something like this. And and I just can't. You know, so I've I've we've been making a lot of decisions kind of based around that, that it's just something that like if, if he had a really bad case of the coronavirus, it would he he's been worn down so much uh, at this point that it, it's just not something that um, is that he feels like he could survive, whatever. Right. Or if he's like he's there's there's lots of people who have been like runners or whatever. And and yes, they survived the coronavirus. But now it's a struggle to walk, let alone <laughs> run. And so, like you said, sorry, it, I guess we don't really need to get into the. Well, but it is irrelevant. It. It's relevant to everyone's current position on this game, because if you're listening to this and you're like, is this the game they're going to go out and buy? Well, the, the first question you have to ask yourself is, am I going to spend money on something that I potentially am not even going to be able to play because my local shop is closed or none of my close friends that I actually trust to come into my home are willing to pick it up with me? And those are, those are relevant questions right now. I mean, maybe they won't be next year. Hopefully they won't be next year. And, and when you come back and listen to this podcast a year from now, I, I would recommend to people listening that if you're a Marvel fan or a miniatures fan, you should give this game a shot. I think that's fair. All right. Well, Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for uh, those of you who are supporting the the Patreon podcast, the podcast through Patreon, and uh, those of you who are not. Josh, what's your what's your best Shieldmaster Supreme pitch on why they should? Uh, basically, because conversations in the Chain Attack Grading Geekery Discord are like the first thing I check every morning when I wake up because <laughs> they're awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks again, and everyone have a good day.